Do do do. Here we go. <laughs> that was really loud. That music. My, my name is Todd Adams, and I am Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number five hundred and thirty-six. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, not quite sure yet. I'll tell you what it is. Right now? Sure. All right, but then don't launch in. I promise. All right. It's okay to be tired. That's all. It's okay to be tired? Yes. Yes. It's okay if you're tired, everybody. Um. All right. Good, because I'm tired, so I guess that means you accept me. You're wearing a snazzy robe today. It's maroon. I would call it royal maroon. You kind of look like Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Without the mustache? Yeah. Um... Before we talk about tiredness, uh-huh. um, Team Zen. Team Zen. Uh, it's a live podcast that you and I do every twice a month. Twice a month. Be a part of the community of like-minded parents. Twenty-five bucks a month. Correct. Or you can pay for a full year and or, get a month free. Um, we've done seventy-seven of these suckers. I know, and it's really more than just a live podcast. This is the community that you're looking for. That everybody emails us and says, "I don't know anybody to talk to about these things." Here you come. Here, here you go. Here you go. Yeah, we have a community. Todd and I answer the questions. Todd and I are part of the podcast. You can ask live, or if the times don't work out for you, you can email us questions. We'll answer them. We have a a Facebook page where we can answer questions. So if you listen to this podcast and you're like, I wish I could ask them this question, you can. And we also have micro communities with parents who have um, different- Differently wired kids. And and here's something that was cool. This micro community uh, with uh, parents who have neurodiverse children- they, we use Debbie Reber's book or they know Debbie Reber's book, or I don't know if we introduced it to them or they knew it already, but Debbie Reber was a speaker at our conference and they got to have like their own time with her yeah. as a micro community because they're part of Team Zen. Yeah. So they got to ask her questions and be with her. So there's more to this than meets the eye. I think Todd and I are always struggling about how to explain to people this community because if you go to our conference you know that there's like a certain kind of warmth and connection and communication that happens that's kind of rare. And you're like, oh, I only get that once a year. Well, join Team Zen. Or you could do it twice a month. And you could be with, or it's kind of an everyday thing where you can go on the Facebook page and you can have a community of people who are similar to you, who, you know, who are working on the same things, who can support you and are non-judgmental. So it's available to you. So I get so many emails of people saying, I need support. I need help. And I'm like, here, here you go. Yeah. Take it. Take it. Take the support. Um, We have a new Team Zen member. Yay. Sarah from Honolulu. Oh. Which made me think of this. (laughs) What is that, sweetie? That is the Brady Bunch, and that is the Tiki. And right then, I feel like there's a spider walking on someone. That that would be Peter. That would be Peter. Um, I always get scared by the Tiki episode. (laughs) Of course we did. I did too. I'd be like, if that one's on, I got to wait for my sister to get home. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Because it's scary. On your eight inch black and white TV? (laughs) With the fuzziness? Yes. Um, And Vincent Price was in it. Yeah. And we didn't know who that was, but it was kind of a big deal. It was. It was a BD. (laughs) It was a big deal. All right, go ahead. What's uh, what's this tired thing we're Wait, talking we, about? The other thing besides Team Zen. Oh, yeah. Pop so, culturing. Pop culturing. You guys, we have another podcast that Todd and I really enjoy doing. Yeah. I think we're our biggest fans of that podcast. For sure. Possibly. We'd love it. 
So if you subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio, which we know a lot of you do, go on your uh, podcast app, look up Pop Culturing, you'll see our lovely picture, and subscribe to that too, because it's really fun. And it's only twice a month, um, but we talk about movies and TV shows, Gen X perspective, and we go deep about it like we do on this show. So, And we have a theme song. And this is it. Todd's playing it. Nothing says pop culturing more than this song. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's so jump. It's okay to be tired. So I was saying, I finished my meditation upstairs and I wrote this down. Do you want to hear what I wrote down? Yeah. What do you got? I wrote down, it's okay to be tired, to not hold up the world, to miss things, to let go of things, to not read the book next to your bed, to cancel the plan, to stare out the window and listen to the bird. Because the bird is okay, and I know that I am too. How about that? Yeah, you're like a little poet this well, morning on a Monday morning. And here's the funny thing is I'm not reading this for anybody to say, wow, that's really good. Because yeah. it's not about how stream I wrote it. Stream of consciousness. It's stream of consciousness. So this is not like anything I'm putting in a book or yeah. anything. It's just that I think I kind of laughed after I wrote it because the thing that's happening right now in the world that happens over and over and over again, it's not new is that we say things to each other like, be prepared and be careful. <laughs> right. Right? <laughs> I'm going to do that a lot. Yes. Go. Because here's the thing. Like, what can I do with that information? <laughs> like, I hate to laugh because I know. No, I don't hate to laugh. There is so much serious right now in the world and so many things that people are telling us to be afraid of that I'm tired. I'm done with people telling me to be afraid. <laughs> I'm tired. I and and here's what is the truth. You can be thoughtful and somewhat prepared mm-hmm. in like the ways that that you're being asked to be prepared and then not be chronically hypervigilant because you know what hypervigilance creates? What? Anxiety. Yeah, love anxiety. And do you know what fear creates? Um Disruption. Anxiety. Oh, anxiety. Yeah, the Sorry. answer was already there for you. <laughs> I was overthinking it a little and bit. And do you want to know what like stress mm-hmm. creates? Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. So an anxiety, let me get neurobiological with you. It literally takes your brain and squeezes it like a vice and shuts it down. Mm-hmm. So you can't see any out. It's yeah. like living in a dark little closet. Because what's really happening is your amygdala gets stimulated, right? Right. right. And so it's going off like crazy, which means all your cortisol <laughs> is, you know, shooting through your body and and everything gets into this mode of I need to either fight mm-hmm. or run or freeze. Yeah. And while those things are amazing, when you are in literally the throes of a crisis, like the tiger is, is running after you, or, you know, there is a tornado and you need to get downstairs right away. Right. You know, things like that. I'm so grateful for that, that cortisol and that sure. focus, that hyper focus. But when we're being told to be like that 24 seven, not only are we making ourselves physically sick, but our brain has no capacity to notice what's working. Mm. And I'm not trying to get cheesy about just notice what's working Focus and be on the okay. Good, yeah. I, it, it, even though, yes, that's not what I'm even trying to say. I'm trying to say we need right now in our lives as parents, as workers, as as you know, 
consumers, as people who live in this world, we need our entire brain capacity to function. Yeah. To function well. To function well and to be creative and to tap into our tools and our resources like laughter Mm -hmm. and connection, especially at a time that everybody's telling us, stay away from each other. Like, I get it. But we also have to figure out ways to not stay away from each other, if that be through FaceTime or through phone calls or, you know, sitting at a distance. Um, You know, like, I I just think that some of the things that we're being asked to do or some of the fear mongering is definitely not keeping us healthier. It's making us worse. I feel like we have a um, need to explain. First of all, I hope. I wonder if we can get through this whole podcast without saying the C the C word, the C virus. <laughs> I don't know if we can, but we were going to call this pod this podcast. Well, I'm already going to use it. Are you ready? Go ahead. This podcast is not about the coronavirus, right? Even though it is a piece of it, it's that's what we're using to we're using that to help us understand ourselves and each other better. Correct. Um, because there's somebody that's probably listening right now. It's 2020. A lot of people like, go back in the about? archives, yeah. you know, so somebody in 2022 is going to say, what are they talking about? I get it. Well, this is what they're talking about. And my guess is the person listening in 2022 is going to barely remember this. It's going to be a blip on the radar. Exactly. And that doesn't mean, so work with us people, like kind of, you know, ride this ride with us. It doesn't mean that there aren't people who are struggling with this or who are sick or who have fragile immune systems or, you know, my mom lives in a assisted living community. Like I know that can be uncomfortable and scary and your dad is Mm -hmm. older and living in a senior community. Like this is not something where we're trying to make light or say it's not a thing, but I hate to break it to you guys, but every day we live on this earth, there's a thing. Yeah. And many things, many things on a daily basis. Like some, Todd said something the other day or yesterday about, he was talking about our girls. We're trying to figure out some things in the summer. And he said something like, you know, we could drive there and then put our girls on a plane to go to our cousin's, uh, you know, his brother's house. And then maybe we could drive home. And there's this thing that comes up in me where I'm like, oh my God, put the girls on a plane. I don't know if that's safe. You know, we won't be with them. And by the way, my girls are 16, 15 and 12. Yeah. Um, so they're older and I get all this fear and then I'm like, oh my God, I put them in cars every, every day. Every time you go on the highway, I, put I just them... drove with Cameron yesterday. It was interesting. Yes, <laughs> I know. I have a 15 year old who is Learning. got her driver's permit. Uh, she's actually doing a lot better, but yeah, we put every single day, yes. we put ourselves and our family members at risk when we get behind the wheel of a car. And, and we can look at that another way because Todd's right. But we can also say we live our lives and we move forward. And part of that is being in a car and mm-hmm. part of that is getting on a plane. And you can decide whether or not you want to get on a plane right now. But everything I've been reading is that as long as you're going to a place that's, you know, not Italy or mm-hmm. not, you know, right. South Korea, it's okay. Um, and you get to choose that for yourself. I, But my point is, is that we get something happens and we're like, now the, now bad things can happen. And the truth about life is that that uncertainty Mm. is always present. And that's what gets me up in the morning and says, wow, another day, like in a good way, like, you know, one of my things that I've been saying in the morning, people who were at my pre-conference workshop for the, at the Zen parenting conference a few weeks ago, 
one of the things I said I've been saying lately to myself is telling myself good morning and I love you, which is a whole process. And um, if you want to read more about it, Shana, or not, or you could just say that. Well, like, and when I say you're right, you're right, uh, Todd. Good point. But what I mean is the whole lead up to yeah, why. you had a big thing. Yeah, um, Shauna Shapiro just wrote a book called Good Morning, I Love You, and um, and even though she called it that, this is a something that a lot of people who study. Um, self-compassion and any kind of meditation talk about. You Mm. need to talk kindly to yourself, right? Mm. It's not like that's new. Um, But I've been getting up and saying that and saying good things are going to happen today. And here's the thing, like there's part of me, the resistance part, because whenever we do that, we have resistance that is wants to be like, how do you know? Bad things could happen. But well, of course, but even when something negative happens, there's usually something good that happens if it be somebody helps you yep. or you get new wisdom yep. or insight or love or you realize you have a strength you didn't have. My point is, is, is I'm not just saying this now because of, you know, the virus or because of a possible recession or because of the election or because of climate change. I'm not saying it to ward off something that's only happening now. Mm-hmm. Even when we think nothing's going on, yeah. things are going on. Sure. If it be across the country, across the world, or next door, life is life. So I was in Texas for a convention all last week, and I was very busy. And um, I, I kind of decided to, but didn't need to really decide to kind of bury my head in the sand regarding all the coverage of the C virus. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it anymore. I'm just so sick of hearing. People I actually, talk about I actually it. drank a Corona <laughs> last week. <laughs> And, you know, for whatever reason, I thought it was funny. Like, yeah, let's let's quit being afraid of this and let's have a corona. Right, right, right. Um, but I, w- I have my head buried in the sand regarding the coverage. And I usually do. I, so here's my news consumption habits. I wake up in the morning. I check my daily skim email mm-hmm. and my Wall Street Journal email. I probably spend somewhere between five and seven minutes on it. And that's about it. Like, that is my news consumption of the day. That's great. Um, and, uh, because of this C virus, um, everybody, everybody's energy level is so high. I know. And mine isn't like, I'm actually really calm about this. Now, maybe it's because I'm a able-bodied 47 year old man and there's always something to be worried about. And I don't know. I'm just, I guess I've just chosen not to subscribe to the anxiety, um, I, I would be lying if I didn't say I didn't have moments of it in a small level, but... Well, how can you... Here's the thing, is the denial, it's not even about the It's not even about the thing we're worried about. It's the energy that's being created because of the thing. And I'm trying to think of what role am I going to play Correct. in that craziness. And, and what I'm trying to say is it's not about the thing. See, Todd and I were talking about just the other day being busy. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about that busyness is not really because of external things. Mm -hmm. It's an internal sense, meaning I can, leading up to the conference, be super busy Mm -hmm. in a literal way, Mm -hmm. like meetings and writing and preparedness and just a sense of how much Todd and I have to do. Right. And then the conference ends and I can feel the same kind of busy the next day. Right. Because I can think, okay, now I need to focus on this and this and this and this. So it's not about externally what's happening. Right. It's about 
how we're processing it through our body. And what I have found for me, and I definitely know for Todd, is it's a practice of really recognizing, is this true? Do I really have to do this today? How much pressure am I putting on myself that I don't need to? Is Does this really need to be done right now or can I go for a walk? Right. Does I guess the question is, is you've got to get off autopilot. You, you have to recognize how stressed am I about this and is this the truth? And even if it's partially the truth, can I do anything about it right this second or could I actually go for a walk and enjoy the reason I wrote, you know, this morning about the birds outside is there's something that I love about meditating. And I get to this place about three or four minutes in where my thoughts are calmed down a little more, kind of like the sand or the, um, you know, when you the shake snow up globe. the snow globe and the, the snow is kind of calmed down and then I can hear what's happening outside. And I realize that there's this whole world going on outside of this nature world mm-hmm. without me. It doesn't need me. Yeah. And it doesn't think about the news. <laughs> it doesn't worry about things. It just continues on. Yeah. And and when I, in that point of my meditation, feel connected to that, like I think I wrote something like, the bird is okay and so am I. I'm like, I'm just going to kind of be like that bird. Yeah. It's weird that you bring up the birds because in the winter, they're not chirping because As they're, loud, they're yeah. doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Hibern- they're not hibernating. They're hibernating with the bears. <laughs> they're in the caves. In the caves. <laughs> but there's a moment in spring when you're like, oh, yes, they that's are. right. The birds. And for some reason, I'm always like, it's going to be OK. The like birds. The birds are not worried about these things. And like your busyness metaphor or example for me it's something i am addicted to productivity busyness like they're all intertwined for me mm-hmm. and to your point like i feel like uh there's a documentary called the race to nowhere yes that we've screened yes. that's awesome about how we're teaching our kids to continue to excel so they get into college they get a good job and it's just this race to nowhere mm-hmm. and i feel like i am a participant in that race to nowhere for when sure. i am over the top, busy, productive, focused on this or that. And even if it's focused on good stuff, like I need to go connect with my child. Like I'm desperate to connect with my child. Like is that energy, if I bring that energy to a hope for connection, it's probably not going to go very well. You know who else is a little um, anxiety provoking, sweetie? She's freaking well, out. Well, get the busy bee. You want your busy bee? You get your busy bee. You get bee. the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I need to trim her. It's in the crate. It's in the crate. I didn't have it out to begin with. It's in the crate. It's not in here. He's like in it's the not crate. It's in here. It should be in the crate. It's not in the crate. I just told you that. God hell it's in. She doesn't get her door. She's going to flip out. <laughs> This is funny to you and I because we love this movie. Can you say what this movie is? So this is Best in Show, which is Christopher Guest's. It was his second movie that's basically the same crew of people, same actors and actresses. And he basically writes like a kind of script of how things should go. Kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm-esque. Exactly. But this happened before Curb. Right. He was the first one. And then they just improvised the whole Mm. thing. And I know that's Parker Posey. I don't know who the actor is. I don't know, but he's funny. But they're like really wealthy people with a really fancy dog. Drinking their Starbucks. Drinking their Starbucks. Just And they have a Weimaraner. A Weimaraner. 
And their dog is like fine. Yeah. And they are so highly anxious and they are so mean to each other and mean to everybody else. And they, the busy bee thing, even our girls know that now. Go to the hotel and get busy bee! Run! Run! Go! Mommy's getting your toy. Don't you worry. No. <laughs> and these swears, I gotta cut that swear word out. Um, it's so funny because the dog does get panicked because well, the of the is, energy. Right. But he's fine. Right. But you could, but it's like, I feel like in this metaphor, the dog is our children. Correct. Okay. Yes. So the dog's fine the dog's if fine. we could just chill out. Right. But these people are going crazy in the same way that many of us are probably going crazy about the C virus. Right. And making our you kids. You use the word. You don't have to pretend. I'm just sick of hearing that word. <laughs> I'm protesting that word. Why don't you call it COVID-19? That's its its new word. Because right. we're going to call it a bunch of things. The virus. <laughs> that sounds even more daunting. Well, and I think the point is, is that, okay, like, you've got to balance. You've, you've got to balance. Um, you, you can find this place in the middle where you can prepare. Like, you can, there are some things that the CDC has said, hey, you might want to do this. You might want to consider making sure you have some child care you want, you might want to see if you can work from home. Like there's parts of this that are not under our control. And so my, my thoughts are less about everybody's at risk, everybody run away, and more about how do we just make sure that we can chill because we're prepared. I have a piece from John Oliver. Did you watch the John Oliver coronavirus thing? I did not. Okay. So this is the very end. Okay. And I, I hope this is the right part. Okay. You might be wondering, how scared should you be? And the answer is probably a bit. A bit. Look, I, I don't want to be alarmist here, but I also don't want to minimise what we could be facing. It's really about trying to strike a sensible balance. Basically, if you're drinking bleach to protect yourself right now, <laughs> you should probably calm the <laughs> down. <laughs> so in the, earlier in the episode, somebody's like, if I drink bleach, will I be immune from the coronavirus? Oh, if you are, say, licking subway poles because you're certain nothing can hurt you, maybe don't do that. You want to stay somewhere between those extremes. So don't drink bleach, but don't lick the subway pole. Well, that's the thing is I read this great article because I've been telling my girls, wash your hands. Basically what I did is I took them out to breakfast this weekend because I know that our kids are on social networking, so they're reading all this stuff and reading all the craziness, and teenagers are running with these crazy ideas. Because remember, teenagers have a greater sense of immortality. Mm -hmm. So they really aren't worried about necessarily them getting sick. They like the drama of yeah. it. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas adults, we see the bigger picture yeah. of that people can get hurt. And, you know, it's kind of like, that's why teenagers are more risk takers, because they don't think they're going to get hurt. Yeah. They just think, but they don't, but they like the idea of, Everything's falling apart. What are we sure. going to do? So I talked to my girls, and basically what I said is you are your risk of anything is very low, mm -hmm. but you do have an obligation to take care of your immune system and wash your hands and to not lick subway poles and to um, you know sneeze into your sleeve if you're going to sneeze and to stay home like you know stay home if you're not feeling good and take care of yourself and get some good sleep because you this is a herd immunity thing. Mm -hmm. You need to stay well so people who are more at risk stay well. Yeah. Like, you're part of the bigger picture. So in a way, we can teach our children, you don't have to freak out. Sure. But you do need to stay healthy for the sake of other people. Yeah. And one of the things that I read the other day that I thought was really helpful 
is it was like a, you know, an infectious disease specialist talking about kind of telling everyone like John Oliver, calm down everybody. At the same time, we're learning really good tools that could eradicate the flu for Mm, this season. Interesting. Like if people are all washing their hands and doing these things, the flu might go away. So fascinating. Right. Like what? So something good potentially could come out of this. Of course. That's everything in life. Yeah. Light and dark. When dark comes in, it's initially scary. Mm-hmm. It's like dark night of the soul, right? Yeah. First, you got to confront the fact, I wasn't dealing with this two weeks ago. Yeah. And now I am. And there's a grieving process of I want it to be the way it was two weeks ago. You know, that's what grief is, is I don't want it to be this way. Okay, we accept it. It is this way. What do I do? We learn a new set of tools, washing our hands, being thoughtful, staying in, separating, not handshaking, bumping elbows, not, you know, canceling South by Southwest, whatever it may be, which all these things are temporary. Sure. But we learn how to do that. And then within all of this dark, some light emerges. And, you know, I remember we did a podcast after... um, the election in mm. 2016, and we called it The Grass Grows Through. Mm. And it was the same thing. It was like right after the election, I was very devastated. I know a lot of you were, and I couldn't quite see any light. I was just scared, mm-hmm. and I didn't know what that was going to mean or what things were going to look like. And and I'll be honest with you, it's been quite a journey, but it's been quite a journey looking back, meaning on a day-to-day basis, we were able to manage right? Relatively speaking. Um, Some days were easier than others. I still had to go to therapy, but you know what I mean? Sure. Um, But the grass grows through means it's like the birds coming back. The grass will always come through the cracks. There will be light. Um, We find, we figure out like my, my friend Rhea, who's been on this show, um, she, Rhea Frey, uh, Frey, who wrote, um, not her daughter, and she has a new book coming out, um, by the way, and we're going to have her back on the show. But she lives in Nashville, mm. and when those you know, tornadoes hit, I texted her that next morning, and she had been in the basement with her daughter, you know, because there were it was a pretty significant yeah. storm, obviously, as we know. And she said it was scary and horrible, but then she had already seen the community starting to support each other. Sure. And that people were starting to do GoFundMes for some of their favorite little restaurants and that kind of thing. And I guess my point is, is that this is life. This isn't like nobody told us we were going to be born and then everything was going to go smooth. So two things. One is that Grass Grows Through, it's podcast number 341. I don't know if you want to listen to that, but that's there. Um, And, you know, if the coronavirus wasn't here, there'd be a whole other list of things that we would be worried about and scared of. And it's funny, like all those really scary things that we were worried about two months ago. We're not thinking about them. We're not thinking about them, yet life goes on. They're still happening. So it's just yet another example of how... You know, I, I don't watch the news. I, I I find it curious of people that have the news on all day. My dad's one of those people. Um, because no, you know, he calls me. He's like, what's, what, how are the girls? What are they watching? their like, you know, they're he's, asking he's all those questions. Stressed. Like, of course he's going to be stressed. He's watching right. CNN and Fox and MSNBC. So I guess... You know, I don't ever like telling anybody to do anything, but I guess just question your habits of what you're putting into your brain. Well, and like what I usually do at times like these, and I do it on and off. And so it's not something you have to be like, I'm committed to this to the rest of my life. 
I still have Facebook and Instagram on my phone, but I removed Twitter and the news app. I'll bring it, bring it back at some point, but it wasn't helpful to me. Yeah. Meaning that- I question that. Like what's, what's serving me and what's not? Right. And Twitter is fun for me when the Academy Awards are going on. Sure. Right. And Twitter's fun. Like The Bachelor is on tonight and tomorrow night. I actually have a presentation. You're going to come with me. That's right. Um, tonight. So I have to watch The Bachelor when I get home because it's really mm-hmm. important to figure out what Peter's going to do. Yes. He's feeling connected to those ladies. To those two ladies. And they're, he's in love with two women and he doesn't know which one he's going to choose. It's And no one's ever felt that way no, on The Bachelor. No. What a um, shock. What a shock. But anyway, like I like to you know watch Twitter when mm-hmm. the bachelor's on or whatever because I like to watch people's reactions but then there's times like this that it's not helpful at all sure. because I know where to go to get information to the CDC website and the you know World Health Organization and I'm following what they're telling me to do and that's all I need yeah. and then the rest of the time I'm just going to kind of hang with the birds right. you know because yeah. they're I I think that and, it, and once again, this is a great opportunity to reconnect with nature. It happened to be 66 and warm yesterday. Oh my gosh, it was you and so I, nice. everybody's outside. Um, you know, in Chicago, winter time, you, I kind of like say goodbye to my neighbors yeah. in November. Literally, saying, I'll see you in March. Literally, and now everybody's out because it's sunny and warm, and that is what feeds the soul. The news, I feel like, takes away from our soul. Of course. It, that's the intention because, again, let's get into neurobiology again. What does our brain pay attention to? Fear and sex. Yeah. Okay? So what are the two things that Todd and I were just talking about? Fear, which mm. is everything that's going on in the news, and The Bachelor. Mm. That's sex, mm. right? That's why people watch sure. because of what's going on between two human beings. Yeah. So it's like these are the things that get people's attention and the news needs clicks and they need headlines and they need people to watch their show and they need to have. And so they, when you think to yourself, but it's the news, they should be just giving us what we need. No, that's, you know, and anybody our age knows this, but anybody who's like maybe new to this news world, I don't know who that would be, but they're not giving us what we need. They're giving us things. So we come back out of fear. Mm. And so I just recommend, um, being thoughtful and picking up some new good habits that are possibly going to help us with every aspect of our lives. Yeah. Because how interesting if like the flu goes way away. Yeah. Right. How interesting. Like, and and, and, because whatever, hundreds of thousands of people die of the flu every year right? in this country. Yeah. I don't know how many people died of the coronavirus this year, but if you look at the net loss, this, you know, I'm just making stuff up. What do I know? But this potentially could kill... We could lose less people than on the long the flu, run right. because people are having to wash their hands in a way they never did. Right. So we could actually be helping, be helping mm-hmm. with this fear that we're seeing on TV every day. I know. So it's just isn't weird. that interesting? Yeah. And all it's all how you look at it. It is, and it's like it's what can I do, and then let go. And so here's the other part I want to make sure we talk about. So I started by saying, it's okay if you're tired, right? Mm -hmm. And when you recognize and have that surrendering to, I'm tired. And maybe, you know, as for Todd and I, we tend to laugh, not at it, but as a relief Mm -hmm. of it. Give your children that kind of understanding and curiosity and maybe lay down next to your kid and say, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Are you? Mm -hmm. Not at nine o'clock at night, not when you're trying to get them to go to bed. I'm talking like 
are you just wiped mm-hmm. and see what kind of conversation comes up? Because it's probably pretty rare where a parent's going to try to connect with their kids based upon their own vulnerabilities right. and expression of tiredness. And the tired is not, I'm tired, kid, you need to help me or make me feel better. The tired is, can you relate to your child's world then? Because they may not be worried about the same things you are, or they might be, which is unfortunate mm-hmm. because they're kids and I hate that they have to worry about adult things. But giving them that language of like, this is tiring sometimes. And in the midst of that tired, we don't shut down. We may need to sometimes and grieve and cry and go to sleep and or be sick or whatever it may be, but we keep going. So when you're saying I'm tired, I think you're talking about both. Are you talking about physical exhaustion or I'm just Tired of hearing about all this Well, crap. they're interconnected. Yeah. You can't be emotionally tired without having a physical yeah. component. And if you're physically tired, you're going to have the emotional. Yeah. It, it's all the same. But I think I'm just saying overall, instead of stressed or I'm afraid, mm. what if you're just tired? Yeah. And I think that because I'm feeling that way, I when I'm feeling that way, I look at my children with such compassion mm-hmm. because I know if I'm feeling this way... In their worlds, they have less choice, right? See, I have choice, relatively speaking. You know, I have a lot of responsibility, but I can choose to go get a salad at lunch or to. I'm not. We have more freedom than they. Oh, can you? I remember looking out the um, windows when you were in school and seeing people walk around and like, wow, they're free. Like in in school, I thought I was in jail. Yes. And like, if for whatever reason, my mom picked me up for a dentist appointment, I got to go to McDonald's or something. And like, you're like, this is what people do. And it was such a, it's such a weird, and I miss that. Me too. Because you know, we have that every, we have that as adults. I know. We can go do what we want for the most part, whenever we want. And yet we live on autopilot and we're not doing it. I know. So we've been in, so when I used to work in Chicago, yeah, it was the exact same thing. So I worked at Children's Memorial and it was in Lincoln Park. So I had to like drive down, you yeah. know, Lakeshore Drive. Right. And I would drive to work and all these people would be jogging or in the water. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, why are they free? Yeah. Why why do they get to do that? And I work like a seven to five job, mm-hmm. you know, and then I drive home and I'd be like, how do those people have energy right. to go? So here we are now, some of us, some right. of us are still working the seven to seven job or whatever. Not everybody is in the same boat here. But for those of you who have a little more freedom, mm-hmm. meaning you're part-time or you can choose where to take your kids during the day, or you do have days off, don't be on autopilot right. and be like, I'm going to be busy and be on my computer and on my phone. Like, go get out of jail, mm-hmm. man. Go get We're a- giving you a get out of jail free card right now. It's Monopoly. Here you go. Exactly. Like, Go do something that you wouldn't normally or go drive. <laughs> this is creepy. I was going to say, go drive by a school yeah. and be like, I'm not in there. Yeah. You know, and then that, <laughs> we suckers. Suckers. Um, that's what Todd drives Skyler to school sometimes. And they drive by all the kids getting on the bus. Then we say suckers. suckers. And even though Except for when she has to take the bus because then she's a sucker. <laughs> then she's a sucker. But anyway, I think that. Just having that realization that we have more choice than we think, our brain tells us to be, especially at a time like this when so much is going on, to be hyper alert and to constantly be doing something and to be busy because that's how we stay safe. Mm. And there's absolutely nothing true about that. Right. That overproductivity is a numbing out behavior. You are trying not to feel all the feelings of your life and so you stay 
constantly chronically busy so you don't have to sit in what is real. Mm -hmm. And once you sit in what is real and you feel all the feelings of your life, you realize they come and go. And that within those feelings, there's some good ones too. And there's some recognizing and some hearing the birds and some realizing that if I cancel this plan, um, life won't end. And you know, as Rachel Simmons said at our conference, sometimes you have to do something, you have to stretch outside your comfort. And she was talking about goal setting, mm-hmm. but this is true with even being less productive. Sure. Stretch outside of that comfort and realize, and this is her language, that you won't die, that you did it, and that you're okay. Yeah. And that... Well, and our reptilian brain thinks we're going to die Correct. if we don't get that promotion, if our kid doesn't get an A, if we, like, it's, it's a, there, our brain is lying to exactly. us. And you can't shut it out. You can't say, oh, I'm going to tell my brain to stop lying to me. Your brain's going to keep lying yeah, to you. It's trying to keep you, it's trying to help you survive. It's, it's, you know, kind of what you talked about in the beginning of the show is that there's this evolutionary thing where when the bears and the tigers were chasing us, adrenaline would hap- would would show up so that we could get away, fight or f- or flight or fear. And now we, because we don't have these tigers chasing after us, we think if our kid doesn't get an A, then we're going to die. And we can also let ourselves off the hook in that the reason that these evolutionary things have continued is because the people who heard the bear or the tiger coming and were kind of anxious and scared and ran, we are their ancestors. They're our ancestors because the ones who just hung out and said, I'm not going to, whatever, they got eaten, right? So we have the DNA of the people who ran. Mm -hmm. So that's perpetuated. But now, because we've evolved, we have to remember that we don't need to do what they did in every situation. We That's called negativity bias, by mm. the way, like where our brain really notices all the bad things that are happening because it has to to survive. It has to pick up on threats. So It's always scanning the environment exactly. for threats. So how do we counteract that? You don't get rid of it, but how do you counteract that? Mindfulness, yep. presence, practice, stretch, you know. Birds. Birds. Like there's so many gentle reminders that we can do on a, day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis to say, oh, that's my brain lying to me. Like we have that pre prefrontal cortex that can override the reptilian right. brain, but the reptilian brain sometimes overrides the prefrontal cortex. Or saying, thank you, brain. I need about, like, what's less than one-eighth? Like... Um, one-ninth? <laughs> thank you. I was going to say two-sixteenths, so that's the same thing. Yeah, that's not the same um, Okay, I'm not very good at fractions. Um, no, no kidding. So I we can say... I think one-eighth is 0.125. Okay. So it's just... So I need about one-eighth of that information. Okay. And the rest of it, you can just yeah. chill. And that's my five to seven minutes Correct. on the Daily Skim and Wall Street Journal thing. You know, I was thinking one thing that can be helpful with your kids. Like if you do the, like, I'm tired, are you tired? And kind of lay down and relate to each other is maybe make a plan together. Say, what can we do Mm. when we're feeling scared and tired? And this can be with teenagers, of course, but you might want to change your tune where it doesn't sound like you're trying to do an activity. Um, But with little kids, you can say, what, let's make a list. Let's do five minutes of tickling Mm -hmm. to remember to laugh. Let's look for the birds. Mm. Let's, when we go on a walk. So 
you create something for your kids so they are practicing those aspects of their brain, but you are too. Sure. It's not just for them. Don't be in 100% teacher mode. Don't be in lecture mode. Be a student with your kid. Be a student with them. And then when they point things out, because your kids are going to have ideas like color pictures, um, you know, run around in circles, be, you know, do crazy faces, yeah. you know, like everything the kids do. They, cause that's how they relieve. Okay. So Todd and I, our neighbors have a dog and Todd likes to take the dog for a walk. Um, and I went with him yesterday and it's really, it's nice because then you meet all the dog people. Yeah. But anyway, what we noticed that Kona does, um, like all animals do is Kona will like see another dog and they'll kind of like play mm-hmm. and then She'll get past that dog and then just shake, 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 shake. Yes. And then like itch, itch, itch and move on. So what's Kona doing? She is having an experience Mm -hmm. and all this energy gets brought up and then she walks on and releases the energy. Shake, 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 shake. You know how dogs do that? They shake and their hair goes everywhere. That's energy release for them. And and Kona had yesterday during the walk about six different experiences. Yeah. And after every single one, she shook. Correct. And that is the one thing that us humans, especially us men, are not good at doing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure women are not that good at it either, but men especially are not good at a- expressing emotion and getting rid of it and letting right. it come through you. Right. We tend to bottle everything up, and I'm sure women do too, but I was fascinated by watching Kona shake after every single experience that she had. And you know... Todd and I I even looking for that was because we, Eckhart Tolle talks about that in The Power of Now, or maybe in A New Earth, or maybe in both. He talks about how, he was talking about a duck, Mm -hmm. and how ducks fight when they're swimming around each other, and they're arguing over food, and they quack, 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 Mm -hmm. quack, and then when they swim away from each other, they flap, flap, flap their wings and get rid of the energy and move on. And as Eckhart says, they don't then go to another pond and say, you're not going to believe what this duck did to me, you know, know, yesterday. They're done with it. They're done with it. And so... It's the same thing for us, regardless of what's going on in the world. Like when we come home from school, we have to help our, our for our children. How can they shake that off? And if your children walk in and you're already like, what's next? Or did you study for this? Or did you sign up for this? They don't get any opportunity to shake that off. Mm. And so not only do we need to practice this, but we need to talk about it and allow them to come up with ways because, you know, this is how we stay clear-minded enough to keep our brains open Mm. to doing what's wise and to not living in fear. So you uh, told the duck story. I actually have Eckhart pulled up when he talks about the two monks carrying a girl story, which is about letting things go. Yeah, a little different, but same thing. Are you okay with me uh, playing it? Sure, The monk story. I like the monk story. The two monks. That's Oprah. And the one monk picks up the girl on the road. Yes, that's the story of two monks on a pilgrimage, and they come across... In a village, they come across a a young 17-year-old girl with a long kimono trying to cross a very muddy road, but she's not daring to step into the mud. So one monk picks her up, carries her across the road through the mud, puts her down. And so the monks walk on in silence for another four or five hours, just practicing noble silence. And then after four or five hours, they're getting close to their destination. One monk says to the monk who had waked up the girl, oh, you know, you shouldn't have done that because we monks are not supposed even to touch women. So you really, you shouldn't have picked up that girl. You're not supposed to do that. And the other monk says, oh, are you still carrying that girl? I put her down hours ago. 
So the other monk was still carrying the girl, the event, in his head. Four hours and later. And for four hours he was walking with this burden. Yes, right. <laughs> and that shows the, the, the reluctance of the human mind to let go of the past. Yeah, so how many of us reading this chapter? There we go. Yeah. I miss those Eckhart Oprah conversations. Me too. Well, you can go back and listen to them anytime you want. They're yeah. on her Super Soul yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah. Um, so do you have anything else you want to share? I don't think so. I think that um, what I want to do is that I want to tell everybody one thing that was said to me that was super helpful where I was like, oh, of course, is don't be – okay, how do I want to say this? If you're looking at social networking or watching the news, do your best to not be surprised – by more scary stories. Mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, one thing that my friend Manish and I were talking about the other day is that part of the reason that we would go on social networking after the election was we were constantly looking for good news. Yeah. We were like, you kind of wanted to see a story like this person who did the bad thing is now being taken down. Kind yeah. of like, you know, when the Harvey Weinstein thing hit, I could not get off social networking because I was like reading all the stories and feeling very validated mm. and and feeling very a little more at peace okay so we do that every day we look to social networking to read something to make us feel better yeah right now in the height of craziness you're not going to find a lot there so maybe don't go searching there yeah. or don't be surprised when you're seeing new stories like new cases new this new this that's how it's going to be sure. for a little bit so <clears throat> instead of oh no I can't believe this is happening. Of course, that's what you're going to hear right now. Sure. They told us that's what you're going to hear. This yeah. isn't a surprise. Right. They're like, get this is it's there's going you're going to hear about it every day for the next couple weeks or next couple months. And allow yourself to be somewhat prepared for that or don't go looking for something different. And don't be surprised when you hear it because you know you're going to hear it. That's the thing is I already said, I can't stand when people say be careful and be prepared and I just said it. Yeah. What I mean about be prepared is not do anything. Just when you start to feel shocked, say, oh, I shouldn't feel shocked. Sure. That's exactly what I knew I was going to find. Yeah. And then maybe um, – Start watching a really good series mm -hmm. on maybe this is the opportunity to find a new podcast series. Yesterday, I uh, downloaded a bunch of new podcasts that have nothing to do with the news. Yeah. They were like movie podcasts and um, some a few Hay House podcasts. I haven't listened to Hay House in for like five years. Sure. And just things that are really um, nourishing. And or funny. Or, and we or just, funny. We just watched uh, New Girl. Yes. Which. Um, that was a really funny new girl. I know. So plenty of just... They just were aquarium rocks. Find something to distract you with laughter to balance out the seriousness of what is, is showing up. And, you know, Todd just used the word distract, which is fine. But I would say it's not really a distraction. It's an enhancement to your life. Like, you deserve to have that as much as the news. Mm. We, we're so self flagellating. Yes. Like I'm going to make myself worse and worse. And it's like, you can watch a new girl and you didn't waste time. Right. It's not a guilty pleasure. You can watch the bachelor tonight. You don't have to feel bad I, for real. I know. Like it's a, you can enjoy your life because you know what? It's your life. That's right. Oh, so, or you could, I'll even put on the show notes. Uh, there's a, uh, gratitude six minute video that we showed at one of the conferences years ago. And I showed it at a meeting that I began last week six minutes, and it's just a reminder of what to be grateful for. 
um, you can click on. If you go to show notes, there will be a YouTube clip of this guy who does a six-minute piece on gratitude with beautiful imagery. Yeah, Louis. Louis. I don't remember. Something. I, we actually played it at our conference a few years ago. Yeah, not Louis Anderson. Not Louis Anderson, but the Schwartzberg. Schwartzberg, I think his name is. He's I, an artist. I can pull it um, The last thing is that one of my favorite things that Brene Brown was able to articulate in her research is how we dress rehearse tragedy, mm-hmm. how we think that if we think about it enough and do enough and talk about it enough that we'll somehow dress rehearsing all the bad things that can go wrong will make us feel better or that will bypass our vulnerability or that we won't be surprised or disappointed or feel pain. And none of that works. No. What I mean is that dress rehearsing tragedy is not helpful. So let yourself off the hook and because if something were to happen, it has nothing to do with what's going on in the world right now, anything in life, you stub your toe, you're still going to feel that pain even if you'd been practicing stubbing your toe right. for two weeks, yeah. you you it only you can only feel things in present time. So, no need to dress rehearse. Right. Get the thing, buy the things you want to buy. Meaning, if you feel like you need to, you know, stock your house just in case, because people from all over the country are sure. listening to us, including people in Washington who mm-hmm. really do have some of their schools are closed sure. and stuff. This is a real thing. But do what you have to do and then watch a funny movie. There you go. And listen to the birds and remember that we're all in this together and you're not alone. And we love you. That's right. And you know who else we love is Jeremy Kraft. Yes. He's a bald head of beauty, painting and remodeling throughout Chicagoland area. 630-956-1800, avidco.net. Everybody have a glorious and gregarious week and we'll catch you next Tuesday. All right. Adios. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And feel free to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Also subscribe and review our Pop Culturing Podcast, a Gen X viewpoint on movies and TV with an emphasis on personal growth and self-awareness. It's basically the flip side of Zen Parenting Radio. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out our third podcast, otherwise known as Team Zen. One of our team members described it as an advice column meets group help meets like-minded community. With your $25 subscription, you get two live Zen talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions, plus a Facebook community where you can interact or just listen to like-minded parents. If you can't join us live, you can still access all the Zen talks through the Team Zen podcast app. Interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. And while you're there, check out our upcoming events or you can purchase one of my three books. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. And guys, I have a one-on-one coaching practice. It's called coaching for guys you want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationships with loved ones we can talk in person phone facetime you choose and don't forget about tribe men's group we have a virtual community from men all over the world head on over to tribemensgroup.org or shoot me an email at todd at zenparentingradio.com it's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters Finally, I want to give a special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald head of beauty, and the company he has is Avid. They do painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Go to avidco.net or give him a call at 630-956-1800. Thanks for all your love and support, and keep on trucking.